show up and show out. Uh, let your word go forth. Let us learn, Father. The main thing is let us learn. Teach us. Blessing, Lord Father, to be with my brothers and sisters. I pray for all those that didn't get a chance to make it. That Heavenly Father, don't let the enemy steal the word out of their heart. Lord Father, call them by name. I pray that even while they're sitting at home, Father, they say, man, I should have went to be with my brothers and sisters today in the house of the Lord. So thank you uh, for all that you're doing. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. And I just pray that the word will come out the way, Lord Father, that you placed it in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, suffer it so to be now. So in Matthew chapter 3, it reads right there, verse 13, it says, Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and you come to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. All right? So let's jump back over here to Exodus, where we've been at for the past couple of weeks. Because unless you see it with your own eyes, you know, it's hard to understand. So when Jesus says everything must be fulfilled, everything must happen according to the word of God, according to what he says, righteousness. We know that the law is righteous. There ain't nothing wrong with the law. It's teaching and instruction so that you and I will be thoroughly furnished unto all good works so that we will have understanding. There is one faith, one what? Baptism, right? Does it say that? One God, all right? So we get back over here, and, and uh, when I'm trying to pick, should I go 15 or let's stay in 14 real quick. But last couple of weeks, we talked about how God wanted to go against Pharaoh, and he's using Pharaoh as a type of Satan. And he begins to send these plagues at Pharaoh. He begins to take Pharaoh on, and he uses Moses and Aaron to do this. And you're going to see later on when you begin to read uh, the New Testament how when Jesus, uh, after this moment where he's baptized, after the moment where he spends time in the wilderness, he begins to take on uh, the kingdom of Satan. He begins to take it on. It's hard to see, but remember what he's saying right here in Matthew. He's saying, hey, man, let everything be done the way it's written. John was like, I need to be baptized by you. He says, John, I understand all of that, man, but I already gave the, you know, the layout to Moses. I showed Moses everything, and I'm going to walk this thing out. Moses was a prophet. If Jesus didn't do what Moses wrote down, then obviously Moses wasn't a prophet. Because a prophet is somebody who prophesies in the name of the Lord. This is what the Lord says, and it actually comes to pass. If it doesn't come to pass, then we know that they're not hearing from God. But today, we know that Moses was hearing from God because Jesus is about to walk this thing out in, in Exodus chapter 14, all right? We know last week we talked about uh, how it was the blood of the lamb that what? Took away the sins of the world. And we know that John testified that Jesus is who? He is the lamb of God. That's what John said. 
just like in here, that it wasn't the blood and the water. It wasn't the locusts. You know, it wasn't the frogs. The frogs would have ended it for me. Because, you know, I got frogs out in my, my backyard. That would have ended if they were all up in the cabinets. Every time I open the refrigerator up, there come a frog and everything like that. I said, that's it. I'm done. But that, that didn't stop Pharaoh. When it was pitch black, like country dark black, where you could feel it, like you feel like somebody done put blackness on you, like real blackness. You can't see nothing. You can't do nothing. You talking to people and people are like, I don't even, I, I just can't even hear you because it's so black. I don't even understand. You can't even read lips. You can't do nothing. It was black. It was shut down. All right. Locusts everywhere covered the ground. You can't even see your car. You think it snowed outside. You think it snowed locusts. Remember how the snow was last year? That's the way the locusts were. You just started shoveling locusts. So many locusts. Oh, my God. It was crazy. But God went ahead and just began to attack uh, Pharaoh. But it wasn't until the blood of the lamb. When they slayed that little lamb and they caught the blood in their bowls and they took the hiss up and they put it around the doors, that that's what broke the hold of Pharaoh. But what we're we talking about, Satan always wants to do what? Come and steal the word out of your heart. Well, here we are now in Exodus chapter 14 and the children of Israel, remember, they bankrupt uh, Egypt. They borrowed money from everybody. They said, you don't mind if I get that uh, $25,000 you got sitting on your dresser, do you? Because, uh, you know, <laughs> when you come out, God bring you out. I know sometimes it don't seem like he's going to bring it, but he bring you out. He'll give you double for your trouble. They spent 430 years in bondage. And they took gold. They took silver. They took jewels. I mean, they, when, when they left Egypt, they took everything. Remember the wealth of what the wicked is laid up and stored up for who? The righteous. I know it don't seem that way, but it is. When you start to read this for yourself and see that Jesus said everything that's written in the law, let it happen the way that it is. So we need to go get our money. That's what Martin Luther King said. Didn't he say that before, he, before they killed him? He said, you know what, Plymouth Rock, you know, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. And he said, we need to go get our check. That's literally what he said. And at 39 years old, the same age as Josiah and the Bible, they killed him. Because things started, his mindset started to change. He started to sit back and say, wait a minute. They told us they brought us over here on boats. And then all of a sudden they said, no, man, we didn't bring you over here on boats. You were already here. And they were like, are you serious right now? Then they started going back to all the little Indian places where they lived at and started finding Hebrew rocks with the Hebrew word written on those places. And they were like, how did they get here? Because Hebrews, remember, God scattered them. All right. And all the ship captains would tell you that, no, man, there was there was Indians that looked like Mexicans. But there was also there was these tall black men that they would see. And then all of a sudden now everything is out in the open now. Black people were already here. Man, ain't that something? They changed everything. They changed history and all of that. But God isn't changing any history. He's telling you and I, let everything be the way that it was written by Moses. John, baptize me. So when the lamb was done and the children of Israel are going out, the word says they were baptized into Moses. And that's what we're going to read about today. Because there needs to be an end. Listen, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. And what does the truth do? You know what I'm saying? That's why they call this the Old Testament. Oh, this is the Old Testament. We don't follow that. We follow the New Testament. No. Jesus says, John, we're going to follow the word of Moses. And we're going to do all that's written in the word of Moses because that's what God said. This book of the law shall what? Not depart out of thy mouth. 
but you shall meditate therein day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. But if they take the book of the law out of your mouth, then what do you know? How do you, how is that? What's, what's, what's going to be the lamp unto your feet? Because even the prophets are all reading the book of Moses. Even Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are reading this. Even Jesus himself is reading this. Because God tells each and every one of us, every single one of his sons and daughters, that this word that Moses has given is a lamp unto our feet. So we, we saw the lamb, and now we talk about baptism. Is baptism necessary? If God got baptized, you're about to see it right here. We just saw, he said, John, stop it. Just do what is told of you to do. And John suffered and said, okay, Lord. And he baptized the Mashiach. All right? So when we sit here and we look at, we look at 14 and 12, okay? Let's, let's go back to 11 because sometimes we got to hear our own selves think. This is what happens to people when the word is stolen out of their hearts. This is their mentality, okay? 14 and 11. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore have you dealt uh, thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Why did you bring us out of this situation? Sometimes when you start going to church, sometimes when you start Worshiping the Lord your God, it seems like, oh my goodness, this thing ain't working. Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? This is God's children. He came unto his own and his own what? Received the night. Didn't we tell you to leave us alone so that we could sit here and keep smoking our dope? Didn't, didn't we tell you to leave us alone so we could keep eating the food that Pharaoh told us to eat? But yet we want to look pretty. Ain't, didn't we just tell you just to leave us alone with our horoscope and our Ouija boards and our psychics and all those different things? We could do whatever we wanted to do. And as long as we were doing whatever we wanted to do, Pharaoh didn't even bother us. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians then that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, stand still, and you shall see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. I'm telling you, baptism after the day, you should say, man, if you ain't baptized, you say, man, I think I'm going to go get baptized. Because Paul writes, with the heart man believes what? Unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. All right. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? So he says today. It wasn't the blood of the lamb. We know the blood of the lamb broke it. But he said today, I'm going to show you something that's never been shown before in the world. How does baptism. How does it seal us? How does it change us? How does that happen? You see, some of the things don't make sense to us, does it? How is going to take a bath going to do anything? <laughs> How does all this stuff even work? It don't make sense. The thief was on the cross and he wasn't baptized, but Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise. You know? 
He says, stand still and you shall see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them again. What? No more forever. I'm telling you, baptism by itself means nothing. But baptism after you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is very, very powerful. Because everybody that was baptized, everybody that accepted the blood of the lamb and put it on the doors of their, uh, of their house or on their heart came out of Egypt. But we can't let Satan steal the word out of our heart. Faith is so important. It is the most, it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you can see right here that these people had no faith. They wanted to stay where they were at in those broken relationships, okay, unemployable, always dreaming about the promised land, but not willing to get up and go there. And that can't be us today, all right? That can't be us. We belong to our God. We belong to him. And he tells us all the time how we are the lender and what? Not the bar. We're above and what? Not beneath. He tells us all these things about us, but yet we say, let me just leave me alone, Lord. Let me just stay where I'm at because I at least had somebody laying next to me. And now that I've come out of Egypt and I'm walking with you, I don't have nobody because your word (laughs) leaves me no options. (laughs) Because all the men or all the women, they just they they still do what the Egyptians do. And I'm walking by myself. And I, I don't have nobody. And it's a lonely road sometimes. You hear me? That's why he gives us those scriptures that what? They that what? Wait upon the Lord. You ever read? You ever hear about that scripture? He says, wait, son, wait, daughter. I can't wait. When I was in Egypt, I didn't have to wait. We had places we could go if we was lonely. We got Facebook dating. Plenty of fish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got places we can go. I ain't got to wait on you, Lord. It's better live like this than to be waiting on you because, Lord, you take too long. <laughs> Abraham was by, he was about to be 100 years old before you blessed him, Lord. I ain't trying to get there. <laughs> I'm trying to make something happen right now. And God is like, okay, do you. Because <laughs> God ain't going to come in here and be with nobody's life. Do you. Go ahead and get Hagar up in the midst. And let's see how that works. Because as soon as you make a move, then the blessing comes and you look real foolish because we done used our own. And God says, yo, man, that little nonsense that you did is not going to work with the blessing I just gave you. So now you can now, now what you going to do now. What you going to do now? That garbage that you did is not going to work with the blessing I gave you over here. So what are you going to do now? But Moses says, you ain't going to see the Egyptians no more. The power of Satan in your life is, is it's not going to happen. Now, you may have some sins you got to deal with, but him sitting there. Listen, Jesus went around healing all those that were oppressed by who? The devil. And it's the same way today. Verse 14 says, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You know what that really means? That God is going to do the fight. You just go sit your behind down somewhere. Keep your mouth shut because I don't even feel like hearing your nonsense. And the Lord spoke to Moses, but, the, but Moses had to understand God's like, I've ordained for this to happen. Why are you talking to me? Take the staff in your hand and stretch it out over this water. God's like, let's move. God's waiting on us today, listen, to move 
The just, like Habakkuk said, live their life by faith. You're looking at that water. Now, listen, some of the people, uh, their commentary, some of the Jewish scholars said that it, they should have walked across the water. That's, that's what they said. They said, you know what, the way this translates, it says that all of Israel should have just walked across the water. That's the way they thought it would be. So Jesus, of course, what does he do to his Hebrew brothers and sisters? They see him walking on water. And they're like, oh, my goodness. It's just like Moses and them talked about, that somebody should have walked across the water. He walked across the water. Do you hear me? He walked across it. When he starts to talk to you and I about faith, he says, you know what? Let's just separate the waters. That's easier for them than to walk across the water. We saw one Hebrew try to walk with Jesus, didn't he? And Jesus said, man, you were doing well. What hindered you? What hinders us today from walking on water? All right? But God is going to fight for us. So lift up your rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. This is what's happening. And I beheld, and I, behold, I will harden the heart of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get my honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten my honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. The only way God is going to get the glory is if you and I begin to fight. God is not going to get the, uh, the glory in our lives if we don't turn around and walk this thing out the way that he tells us to. We can't depend on um, our own intellect. And I know that we're smart. I know you're smart. I know you're very intelligent. But what God's word says, do what God's word says to do. It's going to leave you lonely, may leave you a little sad, may leave you a little bit of broken. But I'm telling you, God will do exactly what he says that he will do. Listen, sometimes the wealth of the wicked that's laid up for us, but we never receive it, is because we're afraid to do what God is telling us to do. I know you, you're like, God, look, there's nothing too hard for the Lord, but the only thing that pleases God is faith. So when we see God's word, if we have no faith like these people here, Nothing is going to happen. We'll never see the promised land. That's each and every one of us. But if we have faith, I'm telling you, we'll get everything that God has for us. All right? Verse 19 says, the angel of God. This is so important right here. Because we always talk about let goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. These angels that are dispatched, like Satan tells Jesus. We'll get to that next week. He says, hey, man. There's angels with you. Won't his angels uh, protect you? Won't his angels take care of you? He's quoting this stuff back in. That's what he tells Jesus. He said, hey, cast yourself down. You know what I'm saying? Because your angels got your back. The Lord made sure that each and every one of us that's saved, that the angels got us. That the angels are taking care. He dispatches angels with you and I to make sure that we're okay. In fear that we what? Dash our foot against the stone. Because we're in the wilderness walking. When you're in the wilderness and whatnot, you know, the wilderness is totally different than walking on concrete out here. These nice little pretty sidewalks they got. The wilderness is made up a lot of different stuff. You know, there was a rap group that said, there's potholes in my lawn. 
So there's a lot of potholes and stuff when you go into the wilderness. It ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't the nice green grass that Thomas mows on Mount Pleasant Street. You hear me? It ain't looking that pretty. It's got a lot of stuff out there, little snakes and stuff like that. The wilderness ain't no joke, y'all. So the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel that was leading Israel, went behind them. You hear me? All of a sudden, the spirit of God begins to move. And that angel that's leading you, sometimes it just feels like this angel is leading you and guiding you. I know it don't seem like it sometimes, but I'm telling you, God is leading you and guiding you. But this angel said, you know what? It's not time for me to lead them anymore. He goes back behind the children of Israel and he prevents Satan from stealing the word out of your heart. Because Pharaoh's coming. Jesus talks about what happens to the spirit when it's cast out. It said it goes out and it just starts to wander. It has no place to go. It was living with you for so long. It wasn't even paying rent. It was just hanging out with you. But God comes into your life and when he fills your temple with the Holy Spirit, that thing goes out and wanders for a while. It goes out to what? Dry places. But then it says to itself, you know what? I wonder if they're asking for me again. Because sometimes, you know what? We start calling them old numbers, don't we? We start reaching back out to the places that God delivered us from. Just like these people right here. All of a sudden, our heart is desperately wicked. What man or woman may know it? But if God's word is a lamp unto our feet, sometimes you got to tell it like Moses told the children of Israel, hold your peace. Keep your mouth shut, heart. Because sometimes it seems like you're two different people. And your heart will begin to long for those days when you were mistreated. Long for those days when you didn't have no hope and you didn't have no faith. You were locked up in Egypt. But the angel went behind them and made sure that Satan couldn't, you know what I'm saying, steal the word out of their mouth. And the Lord says to Moses, I'm going to go forward a little bit because I'll be there all day. Verse 26, in case you got to turn a page. Exodus 14, 26. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may what? Come again. God is separating us from our flesh, from our past, from the people, places, and things that ruled over us. Pharaoh came, and I'm telling you why Pharaoh went in there, because the Lord confused Pharaoh. God made the children of Israel go over on dry land. He takes care of us, y'all. That's how you know it's God. You know how Gideon would fleece? Because he needed to make sure that it was God. And when he, listen, when he separated the waters, look, he, he said, you know what? They still won't go across if it's muddy. We got to make sure that it's dry. We got to make sure everything is just right. And when they saw that it was dry, there was no stones, there was nothing. They said, oh, my goodness. And listen, it had to be wide enough. It had to be perfect for an army. Remember, God said, I'm bringing my armies out. You know how armies are when they go to and they, you know, look, look at World War II movies and look at all these different things, these big old huge armies. They, they can't use a sidewalk. <laughs> they need at least a half a mile wide for them to go through. So don't think this is like no little narrow thing. This is probably about a half a mile wide. Could have been a mile wide for them to go through on dry land. 
And listen, Pharaoh is sitting in. Why Pharaoh did this, I don't know. I wouldn't have followed after him. Because even the people back in, 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 uh, in Pharaoh's camp says, man, the Lord fights for them. But this, you got you to gotta shift this thing. Jesus, the reason why Matthew is writing this to us is because he's telling you and I, the children of Israel were baptized into Moses. And Jesus comes and, and Matthew writes this to you and I, and he says, suffer it to be so now. If you're a believer, and I'm telling you, Satan wants us back. It's written in here. He wants us back. We sing songs like, I won't go back. I can't go back. But sometimes in your heart, it's written in here too, how the children of Israel long to go back. And God is like, I, I, I refuse to let you go. Did he not say he was married to us? There's a different, in every church, there are vessels of honor and dishonor. There are people that are believers and some people that are not believers. And sometimes we wonder in our heart why they're leaving. You ever wonder that? You ever invite a friend and they hear the gospel? They say, man, I really enjoy church. Three weeks later, they ain't in church no more. All of a sudden, they went back to Bobby and them. When a man loves a woman, he'll turn his back on what? His friends? And going back to that crazy relationship that God delivered them out of. All this seems like the last four or five weeks of their life, it was such a blessing. They were getting things together. They were paying bills. They were happy. They were going to church and God is doing things in their life. And the next thing you know, bam, hey, what happened to Sally? Sally ain't in church no more. Next thing you know, we're praying for her. The question is, did they really apply the blood on the doorposts of their heart. Because if you applied the blood on the doorposts of your heart, listen, this is what the heart man believes under salvation. If it's a heart thing, if you take that little lamb, there's everybody's in the house. But if you applied the blood to your heart by faith, it's different from the person that just did it because they were like, well, we're supposed to do this so the death angel will go over time. You did it by, there's a difference between a believer and a non-believer in its faith. Do you hear me? Taking a bath means nothing to you. That's what it is. To go out and be immersed in this water means nothing to a lot of people. But when you do it by faith, you have to understand the reason why you're in here today is because the Spirit of God, the angel of the Lord, went around behind you and blocked everything that Satan is trying to do in your life. That is so important to understand. We started talking about marriage in here. God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He becomes our husband, the head of the family. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. The husband is what? The head of the wife, like Christ is the head of the church. So if we're married to him, then we follow him. It's his responsibility. I think Sharice said, it's his responsibility to take care of me, to protect me, to provide for me. That's his mindset. We go to the New Testament, it says, if a man is married and his wife is truly himself, then he feeds himself, he clothes himself. There is nobody on planet Earth that will not clothe themselves. So Adam is right. She is now what? Bone of my bones or what? Flesh of my flesh. So in my mindset, if I eat, she eats. If I clothe myself, I clothe her. 
The blessing about it is, is that she says, well, you know what? I'm here to help you. I'm an M-E-E-T. I'm not a piece of meat. So let's do it together. Two heads or what? Yeah. Better than one. And I'm telling you, having somebody else come alongside you, when Sharisha was talking about that, and I'm telling you that there's strength in groups of people praying. There is strength in that. That whole part where it says that and, and he'll receive favor from the Lord is because when she comes alongside, I'm telling you, a three-course strand is uneasily broken. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is in the midst. So verse 26, and the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. Listen, all of his great weapons. I didn't talk to you about the 600 chosen chariots that he used, plus the other chariots and all the horsemen and that old army he brought out of Egypt after them. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall under them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Back to Matthew chapter 3. Everything is laid out. Everything in this thing called the New Testament is based on what we consider to be the Old Testament. You hear me? I'm in the wrong book. That's bad when I think Mark is Matthew. You know that. That's real. Everything that you see going on with the children of Israel coming out of Exodus is written in here by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they write it in the right now way. This is what happened. This is what we saw with our own eyes. Because when they go back and they begin, listen, he opened up their minds in Luke 24. The road to Emmaus. If I ever die, I said he always wanted to know the road to Emmaus. He opened up their eyes so they could understand everything written in the law of Moses and then the prophets and the writings concerning him. And when he opened up their mind and they begin to write these letters to you and I, they go right straight back. Right straight back to the book of Moses and they begin to explain to you and I what happened. And as people are trying to tell you that this is something new. No, this is something old. When Jesus comes up out of here, because he's the lamb, so he don't need, he don't need to, he's without sin, so there is no shedding of blood because he's the actual lamb, like John said. He doesn't have sin, he doesn't need no blood, so they don't have to have a pre-sacrifice for him. Do you hear me? There's <laughs> none of that for him. He just goes straight to the sea. That's what he does. He goes straight to the baptism because God baptized Israel to himself that day. He says that how Jesus would wash her with water by the word. Doesn't I say that? 
That's the reason why we preach is because it washes us. Reason why we have Sunday school because it's a constant washing of water with the word of God to make sure that we present it to him without spot or wrinkle. That's the reason why we preach. Ain't no other reason for us to preach, baby, but build faith up and keep ourselves clean. That's it. Amen. Other than that, we'll be pre- we'll be at home just reading our own book, washing our own selves. But the word of God is goes forth and it begins to wash us, begins to build up faith. Next week, we're going to see where Jesus goes into the wilderness. You know, that, ain't, that, ain't that ironic, ain't it? I don't know how ironic that is. I don't know why I see that. People keep saying that, like, God has changed. He will never, ever change. It's the same God. When he shows up, he says, John, it's just me. <laughs> just relax and baptize me. Take me through the Red Sea. And then he's going straight into the wilderness. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about what they, what they call the Rosh Hokadesh, the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was in the beginning. When the Lord said, let there be, and then the Holy Spirit went ahead and made sure that there was. All right? The Holy Spirit's job today is to make sure that you and I accomplish the mission that God has sent us on. That's the reason why he comes. And, and we don't need to be running around church. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to show you next week. You start running around the presence of God, I guarantee you'll take your head off. So I don't know where these people are running around here for. I don't know why they're screaming and hollering like they're doing because they, they don't know them. A lot of people don't know them. But I'm going to tell you right now, they put caution tape up and different things, and the people were sitting over there real quiet, like, you know, just sitting there looking at everything going on. Moses was like, what you so quiet for? Come on. It's the Lord our God. They were like, mm, I'm good. Literally get into the presence of God and tell me if you're going to start running around acting like a fool. That Sunday school lesson, we see spontaneous worship when we get there. <laughs> okay. But down here, keep on playing. And people are going to keep on playing. And, people, and listen, like he says, I don't even know who you are. Because we lack understanding of scripture. And if we don't, listen, and if the scripture is the truth and the truth will set us free. You better know the truth. Sitting here today, you're like, if somebody says, well, you don't need to get baptized. Well, like the Ethiopian eunuch said, what prevents me? That's what he said. What prevents me today? From going down here and taking a mikvah bath and coming out saying that I'm born again. When they listen, all the garbage they went through in Egypt, when they got to the other side of the Red Sea and they saw their enemy no more, nobody knew their dirt but them. He said, Don't do what the Egyptians did. And we can go to Leviticus chapter 18, I think it's 19, and you can look at all the stuff that they were doing in there, all the all the Hebrew men and women. Go in there and look. Look at all the gods they were serving. 430 years? 430 years they were in captivity. And God brought them out and said, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage. You will have no other God but me. They served many gods when they were there. And just like I showed you today, they had no problem going back to Ouija boards, back to the lottery, back to adultery, back to doing this, back to doing that. All the things the Lord said, don't do. They didn't have a problem going back to, why'd you come and mess with us, Moses? We were living the good life. Is that the good life? Is that the life? When you begin to read what God talks to you about life, he says, I come that you might have life and life more abundant. You mean to tell me the situation you find yourself in? That's life? Hey, none of us grew up thinking about that type of life. None of us. You know, we watched Clifford. Remember the Clifford, the big old dog? 
We had we had some things that we were dreaming about. Now we look at the day and say Clifford lied. Clifford Clifford didn't lie. We just ain't, ain't living on top of the world. You know that Sesame Street didn't lie. But we, you know, somebody that, that lied to us, and we thought that doing it this way was the right way. You know, one of these kids is doing his own thing. They didn't lie to us. We doing our own thing. But we need to be doing what God has told us to do. Suffer it so now, verse 15. For thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If you wanted to know who the angel of the Lord was back there in Egypt, if you want to know who the one was that was bringing them out, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to tell you that Jesus brought them out. We overcome by who? The blood of the lamb. We talked about this last week. The word of our testimony. And we love not our lives unto death. That means that we give up our life and we begin to follow him. When God brought these commandments and these precepts and statutes, he came and gave us that so that we might have life. So whatever it is that we are into that's not written in that book, I suggest us to get out of it. I suggest us to get out of it. And that's all he says is come out from among them and be thou separate. Because we have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And if we get this stuff in our heart and we match that with our faith, then we can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be plucked up and planted in the sea. That's all he's talking about. This ain't rocket scientists. You ain't got to go get a master's degree in theological studies. He lays it right out for you. It's just laid out. All, all, listen, all they do, they're reading the same Exodus you and I are reading. I'm proving it to you. So you ain't got to sit there and be all like, what is, something new doesn't happen, ain't nothing new. He ain't going to change. Stop thinking that he changed. He's just saying, listen, this is, this is the road to salvation. And listen, baby doll, once I bring you up out of Egypt, I'm going to take you into the wilderness so I can prove to you what's in your own heart. He brings us to himself. The Gentiles call it Pentecost, but the Hebrews call it the Feast of Weeks. Where we are bat- That's why John says, I need to be baptized by you. And he says, John, I know, I know. But God had a plan for John. John forgot that he was the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. He was there just to prepare the way. He didn't know next year his head was going to be cut off. And you don't know what's going on with you. You don't know what God has prepared for you next week. You don't know what the Lord is doing with your life. And listen, his spirit will not always strive with you and I. But I guarantee you, if you and I lose our life and we begin to follow his word, he's going to take us to some great places. He's going to show us great and mighty things that he has not shown everybody else if we would just walk with him. And that's the hard thing, because I'm telling you, you saw what Israel said. Let me go back to plenty of fish. 
Let me go back to buying these lottery tickets. Let me go back to doing it the way that I always did it. And God cut that life off. If you got things that are going on in your life, God cut that off. He put the spirit of God, the angel of the Lord, between you and that nonsense. And when you're ready to get rid of it, he's ready to take it out. When you are ready to get rid of it, when I'm ready to get rid of it, and sometimes we ain't ready to get rid of it. Because later on, when we get past the Feast of Weeks, the children of Israel rose up to play. And sometimes we still want to rise up to play. Even though we are living in his presence and he walks us right through it. He says, this is what you're going to do. But I put before you life and death. You pick and choose what you want to do with it. There was the tree of life and the tree of what? The knowledge of good and evil. And behold, man has become like one of us. Now you know what is right and what is wrong. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's the Lord our God. He changes not. You and I can either walk it out or we could be a could have, would have, should have. And that's the whole Bible. That's, that's literally the whole Bible. That's all that it is. And people try to preach to you all this majestic stuff and have you all and God says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here goes the answers and then here goes the test. And you're like, well, let me leave the answers over here and I'm going to figure this out on my own. And he's like, okay, I got no problem with that. But he said, broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the way to salvation. Choose ye this day whom you'll serve. Will it be God or will it be man? Amen? Today, we wanted to pray for Thomas today. I know that. So I know, Sister Sheila, you want to pray with us? For hubby? Come on. Come on, Brother Thomas. We even brought some oil. You know what I'm saying? It's real oil, too. I don't know if it came from Israel or not. Uh, But uh, people said it was oil. But the book of James, that's Thomas's favorite book. You know that? Do y'all know that's your grandfather's favorite book? Huh? That's something you guys got to know. My grandfather loved the book of James. Yeah. Yes, it does. That's what it says in the book of James. The book of James, it says, you know what?